Welcome to the City Church Online. This is where you get all the sermons that you might have missed or you might just want to listen to all over again. Please like, subscribe, remember to share and download this message. Come, let us grow together in Christ. Hallelujah. So we have been talking about altars and we are going to continue to talk about altars even today. Hallelujah. Establishing altars. I told you that in establishing altars, we have about uh, seven things that are involved in establishing altars. But I will share with you four, maybe five. And if the Lord is willing, uh, or if the Lord so grants, we may share more. But today, I feel like I want to share with you the fourth one. Hallelujah. I want to share with you the fourth one. And uh, in reality, it is what I was trying to tell you yesterday, except that uh, we were not able to get there. We were not able to get there because you began speaking in tongues and you began praying. And so we had to, we had to end there because we also ran out of time. Praise the name of Jesus. Is anybody being blessed by God in this teaching? And uh, I continue trying to impress this on your heart. Uh, that uh, you are the one who is going to establish an altar wherever you are. And that it is your responsibility and your duty that you will establish uh, the, the reality of the spirit in the reality of the natural. Hallelujah. And, and so I want us to go um, today. The fourth thing we are going to talk about is the power of sacrifice. The power of sacrifice. Now, yesterday I was trying to tell you that the altar must have the wood of the word. If the word is like the wood that you use to build an altar, brokenness and repentance is like the bricks that build the altar, the stones that build the altar, and the fire and the incense on the altar is the prayers that we offer to God. So now you are taking the picture and you are having the picture of an altar because your heart has become the temple. You are the temple of the spirit and your heart is now an altar to the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the living God. Uh, your, your heart has become an altar. And I'm saying to you that in your heart, the word of God must be esteemed highly. Your word I have hidden in my heart so that I may not sin against you. I want you to pay attention because the things I am saying to you are very important. Because uh, right now, God is raising up men and women that are going to change the destiny 
of uh, their families, the future of uh, their countries, the future of their cities. And uh, the person you are sitting with today is a giant killer. Uh, the person you're sitting with today has been appointed by God to change the destiny of many. Glory be to God. And so uh, this is why it is very important that as a warrior uh, in the kingdom of God, we prepare you very well. Hallelujah. And one of the skills you must know is the skill of building and establishing an altar. Now, I say establishing because, again, your heart is the altar. And we have said that uh, uh, the word is like the wood you put on the altar. All right. Uh, and then, and so your, David says, your word I have hidden in my heart that I may not sin against your glory be to God. You guys, I just feel an anointing coming upon me right now to give you a good word this day. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. This is going to be very good. I'm already excited. Hallelujah. And, 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 and the brokenness, the, the repentance, like I say, is really like the bricks. And so your heart has to, 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 to have that brokenness that repents and, 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 and falls before God. Which, by the way, repentance is also a gift that is given to you by God. It is granted to you. And so when Paul was declaring the gospel, he told the people that Jesus Christ, uh, he came so that he may give repentance to Israel and the forgiveness of sin. You see, repentance therefore becomes a gift and something that is given to you by God. The ability for you to break down before God and turn from your wicked ways and embrace the ways of God, which is repentance, that ability and capacity is only given to you by God. You may want to repent, but still walk in your sinful ways. Do you know that? You, you know that a lot of people do things they hate, but they do not have the power inside them not to do what they want to do. And so Paul says, as he writes to the Romans, that the things I don't want to do, they are the very things that I do. And the things that I want to do, I do not do. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of sin? And he says, but thanks be to God, hey, for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And so you realize that even repentance is a gift that God gives to us in the New Testament by which we carry the ability of uh, uh, to turn around. Why? Because of a process called regeneration uh, where he, he, he gives us a new birth and therefore we are born again not of corruptible seed but of the incorruptible seed. And so again remember the altar is the heart and so David will tell you that a broken and a contrite heart he will not despise. You get that? And so then the fire and the incense on the altar is the prayers that we are offering. And so as you establishing the altar, you must be a man and a woman of prayer. 
a man and a woman of prayer. Believers, we are men and women of prayer. We offer up prayers and incense. And so, again, Paul will say that I desire that men lift up holy hands and that prayers will be offered for all men, especially those who are in power. And he also tells us when you begin to pray, pray without ceasing. Prayer is the, is the communion and the communication that man passes on to God and God speaks to man and we are able by the prayers that we are offering to change circumstances and establish the will of God and say, Father, let it be established here on earth as it is up in heaven. Glory be to his name. Are you already being helped? I think you were. And now number four is the sacrifice. Sacrifice. Yesterday I was starting to tell you that uh, in Uganda the revelation of altars started in the 90s and by that revelation it came with such power that it changed things. However, there was uh, an emphasis on, on negative altars more than was an emphasis on establishing godly altars. And so we, we talked about, you know, all those three things that I just mentioned to you. One was the word, the promises of God. We began to talk about that. And then number two, especially we began to talk about repentance and brokenness. However, the repentance we are talking about was the repentance we were doing. And that repentance of the Old Testament does not really work in the New Testament. And by the way, uh, my people, I want you to understand, a lot of people, especially people who talk a lot and a lot and a lot about repentance, and they say, repent, hey, you repent, you repent, you repent. A lot of those people do not understand the difference between Old Testament repentance and New Testament repentance. And so they still lock you up in the era of Balaam. One day I will teach you the era of Balaam, but, but, but they lock you up at a place of being cursed, yet you are already in the blessing of the Lord. And, and, and they lock you up in a place where it is by effort, it is by you have to, you must, you should, you will, and they don't realize that hey, my, all my righteous acts are like filthy rags. Oh, but there is a Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He is is the rock of ages and if I hide in the rock of ages he is the refuge that I take and when I hide in Jesus Christ I can come boldly to the throne of grace and receive mercy in my time of need oh who am I preaching to right now and so unfortunately a lot of people who talk about repentance. In fact, uh, many times it, it is almost now uh, a subconscious thing for me that when I hear people begin to talk about repentance, I put up my guards because I don't want to be taken back to the Davidian days. Eh? I don't want to be taken back uh, to Jeremiah's days. I want to live in the Jesus days. Hallelujah. Because the Bible says to us in the book of Hebrews that God who spoke to us in all various ways in the days past through the prophets 
Spirit has in these last days spoken to us through his son, Jesus Christ, who he made heir over all things. And so right now it is because of Jesus and by Jesus that I have been given a right standing with God. It is not because of me. It is not by me. It's not by works. Lest uh, grace will not be grace. Oh, glory be to God. It is a gift of God so that he may save to the utmost anyone that calls upon the name of the Lord. For he says in these days, whoever shall call upon Upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Glory be to his name. And so we realize that in this, in, in, as the revelation came. But I also don't, don't, don't I, I, like I told you again, I am not criticizing. I am just saying that revelation is progressive. And so maybe... Our fathers were building a certain foundation on which we now have to add another brick. And I want to give you an understanding of altars that will revolutionize your life in building an altar. Why do we build an altar? What is the reason for an altar? What is the main point of an altar? Let me tell you friends, an altar is not an altar without a sacrifice. Let me say that again. An altar is not an altar without a sacrifice. And so you realize that, uh, uh, again, we, we looked at Jacob. God visited Jacob, right? And when he visited Jacob, Jacob got a stone and put a pillar there and poured oil on the stone and marked the place. And he said, it will be the house of God. But when God came to him, he said, uh-uh, uh, Jacob, it's not the oil, it's not the stone. I want an altar. And what, what makes an altar an altar is not the wood. <laughs> now, without the wood... The altar will not work. Do you get it? So without the wood, the altar won't work. But if you have wood, you don't yet have an altar. Make sense now? And an altar is not an altar because you have the stones. You may have the stones. You may have the bricks. But an altar is not yet an altar because you just have wood and stones. An altar becomes a monument. An altar becomes a thing of remembrance. When it has wood, it has brick, it has fire, but has no sacrifice. An altar must have a sacrifice. Hello? An altar must have a sacrifice. In fact, you realize it is the sacrifice on the altar that actually makes the whole difference for the, for the altar. Because he said, you will put the fire in the altar and the aroma that comes from the sacrifice becomes the sweet smelling aroma that is acceptable to God. It is the aroma from the sacrifice that God smells and says, mm, I will come down. Someone has agreed with me. Someone has agreed with me. 
And so you realize that on the altar, there must be a sacrifice. There must be a sacrifice. Let me say this again because I have said it, but I feel like some people have missed it. So let me say it again. It is the sacrifice on the altar through which when the fire then passes through the sacrifice, it creates a sweet-smelling aroma. And it is that sweet-smelling aroma that comes from the juices and the fats of the sacrifice that becomes a sweet-smelling aroma. And God begins to say, oh yes, I have someone right there, down there, that has agreed, that has agreed with me. Oh, if you set up a fire, but there is no sacrifice on the altar, there will not be an aroma. If you set up a fire, that means if you are a man of prayer, you are praying, you are praying, you are praying, you are praying, but there is no sacrifice on the altar. There won't be aroma. And so God is looking and he's saying, is it a burning bush? Is it a strange fire? What kind of fire is that? I want an aroma. I want an aroma. I want a sweet smelling aroma. I want a sacrifice. And you see, like I said to you, oh, someone you are being helped today by God. Because the missing link for many of you has been the sacrifice. The sacrifice. And you see, the rest of the world understands this. That there has to be a sacrifice for spiritual intervention to come into the natural intervention. There has to be a sacrifice. Let's read Genesis chapter 22. Glory be to God. Now it came to pass after these things, verses 1, that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham... And he said, here I am. Then he said, take your own son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I shall tell you. Woo. Glory be to God. I feel a preaching coming upon my life. Hallelujah. Then on the third day... Yeah? No, let's go back to verses 3. He says, So Abraham arose early in the morning and sandaled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and he split the wood. Do we have the wood? Do we have the wood? And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. So God had showed him the place. And then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to the young men, the two, the two young men that he had gone with, he said to them, stay here with the donkey. Uh, the lad and I, which means my son and I, uh, will go your and worship God and we will come back to you. 
though he had a dubious plan. Hallelujah. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. He did not know what daddy was doing. And he took the fire in his hands and a knife and two of and the two of them went. But Isaac, who understood that there cannot be an altar without a sacrifice, Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, Hey, daddy, yes, my son, here I am, my son. What are you saying? Then he said to him, Daddy, I see, and look, I see the fire, and I see the wood. In other words, we are praying, hey, we are praying, and we got the word together with us. Hey, glory be to God. <laughs> but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Because there is no altar. Without a sacrifice. And Abraham said, my son, <laughs> thank God for prophetic parents. My son, God will provide for himself a burnt offering so that two of them went together. And they came to the place of which God had told them. And Abraham built an altar. And, uh, do you see that? He built an altar there and placed wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Why? Because there is no altar... Hallelujah. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, hey, here I am. <laughs> here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the Lord and do not or do anything to him. For now I know. That you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its thorns. By its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place. The Lord will provide as it is said to this day on the mount of the Lord. It shall be provided on the mount of the Lord. It shall be now, this story, first of all, tells us a reality that I've been telling you for a long time since we started. That we live in two worlds. We live in a spiritual world and in a natural world. Hallelujah. And the things that happen in the natural world have their origins in the spiritual world. And a man of understanding has the ability to cause what is in the spiritual realm to come and be manifested in the natural realm. Now, I want you to see that the picture that God is giving us with Abraham is really, he's saying, Abraham, uh, I want us to rehearse something. I, I want us to rehearse something because Abraham, you know, you got a son and I got a son. 
and you got an only son and I got an only son and my son, God saying to Abraham, my son was slain before the foundation of the earth, but I want that spiritual reality that he was slain on behalf of the world uh, for the sin of the world before the foundation of the earth. I want us, Abraham, I want us to rehearse that reality. I, 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 want, I, I, I want us to, I, I want you to agree that one day I will bring my son. And so when Abraham speaks and says, my son, on the mountain of the Lord, it shall be provided. Ah, he does not know what he is saying, but he is agreeing with heaven. My people, Please understand, we have so much authority. We must agree that, Lord, let your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And you see, we look at Abraham and we are saying, Abraham, how could you give? How can you tie up your only son? You know, those days I used to have an only son. Now I don't have an only son. But now I am imagining Pastor Dennis with his only son. And I do not want, I do not want to imagine the night before they went, the conversation. I don't want to imagine the conversation that Abraham had with Sarah that night. <laughs> Because you see, Sarah, 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 Sarah had only seen Ishmael. You see, Sarah saw Ishmael, a 13-year-old boy, playing with a 2-year-old boy. And the 13-year-old boy was making fun. Only just making fun. You're short. <laughs> You're short. Ah, we'll never get tall as I am. <laughs> and Sarah said, what, what, what? What? Uh, no, 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 no. That's left boys, that's left woman's son will not be with my son. Abraham, where are you? G get the slave woman with her child out of my home. Hey, Sarah, 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 you don't joke with Isaac when Sarah is around. You don't. No, 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 no. This is her only baby. She got the baby when she was past the age of giving a baby. She has no other option. She's not going to give birth to another baby. This was a miracle that came from God. Abraham, what are you saying? God said what? So, Abraham, now come to Sarah's tent and tell Sarah, I'm going with the lad. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, 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 also, I also want to imagine, I also want to imagine the conversation after they came back. Uh, after they came back. And, uh, and Sarah is very happy. Hey, Isaac, tell me how did it go with the... Mommy. <laughs> Daddy tied me up. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no wonder that was skipped out of the Bible. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't. I don't. I. I guess maybe I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't. 
cannot imagine that conversation. And so, how was it? Did you, which, mommy, we went, we, we had no, we had no lamb. And I, I, I asked daddy, I asked daddy, I asked him, I asked him, and, and daddy said that Lord will provide. Mommy, God provided. <laughs> like the most grateful person there that God provided. <laughs> but you see, friends, God has never called us to do anything that he himself has not done on our behalf. And you see, because when you hear that uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You don't imagine the gravity of that sentence. And so he has to say, Abraham, help me out here. Help me out. Show them. Let them have stories. Let them try to laugh about it in the midst of tears. Let the women imagine the conversation their husband would have with them about an only son that is being given as a sacrifice. And you know what is funny or what's amazing is that the mountain Moriah is actually Calvary. It's the actual mountain. Oh, yes. It's the actual mountain. And so when, when Abraham is saying, oh, on this mountain, it shall be provided. He is really meaning that very mountain. You people, we have got to be very grateful to God. Come on, come on, come on. No, 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 no. We must be grateful to God. We must be grateful to God. We must be grateful to God. Hey! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. You see, when we sing songs like, You have done so much for me, I cannot tell it all. If I had 10,000 tongues, it still couldn't be enough. Oh, so what can I render? What can I? To Jehovah. You see, when we are saying those things, we are not talking about the supper he provided yesterday. No, 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 no. We are not provide, we are not simply talking about the and we are grateful for the cars. We are grateful for the house, but it is bigger than that. We are saying, even if you gave me no car to drive, even if you gave me no wife to have, even if you gave me no child to bear, hey, I am grateful, my God. I am grateful. Hallelujah. You know, I look at Pastor Derek, for example, and I say, what kind of conversation? Could Pastor Derek have with Pastor Deborah? You know, last night in a dream, the angel came. The angel came great. It was actually not just the angel. It was the angel of the Lord. Oh, you, you know what the angel of the Lord means? I know what it means. It means God himself actually came. Yeah, right. Yeah, great. Oh, I love God. What did he say? You know, we got to give our son. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Now, Abraham, look here. You hear God. 
I hear God. Go tell God I want to hear him for myself. And did I tell you that revelation is personal? I want you to wait until... Wait, wait, wait. Your God, Abraham, Abraham, are you sure that is the God that who brought us from wherever? Because you are saying God to sacrifice. God doesn't make human sacrifices. What, what kind of Bible, Abraham, are you reading? Didn't God say that through him all the nations shall be blessed? Didn't he God say that this is the seed that we are going to... Now you are getting my seed and... Are you killing my... No, Abraham. No, 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 no. No. In fact, in fact, Abraham, Abraham, I think we need to go and visit, uh, we need to go and visit Pastor Melech Zedek. We, we, do, we, we, we do, we do need to go and see the prophet, the man of God, because I don't understand these dreams you're having today. I, 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 don't, I don't get it. But I am saying, Abraham did not go through with it because God stopped him. But God had no God to stop him. In fact, you remember him crying and saying, Father, Father, if there is any way this cup can be lifted, not my will, but if there is any way. And you know what the book of Romans say? The book of Romans say that he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up. And so in Abraham's story, we hear an angel saying, Abraham, Abraham, don't do that. In God's story, there is no angel that is coming. In, in, in God's story, hey, the entire act is done. The son is slaughtered. He is slain. And he becomes the lamb of God that was slain for you and for me. And so now it begins a series of realities that a sacrifice becomes the most powerful way to cause heaven to respond into the natural world. Oh yes, a sacrifice becomes the most ultimate powerful way to cause spiritual intervention in the natural realities. It is a sacrifice. And now the basis of offering a sacrifice is not resident simply within us. The basis for giving our sacrifice is we look at Calvary. We look at Calvary. We say, he did it for me. Therefore, what is this that I cannot give up? If he did not spare his own son, what is it that I am still clinging on that I cannot offer my God? And so you realize that the most powerful thing that you can do here on earth for God is to offer a sacrifice. The altar is validated and empowered and made strong only and only by the sacrifice. The sacrifice. 
And so, by the way, do not be, um, don't wait for another definition of what a sacrifice is. Let me say it this way. You must be sacrificial. Does that make it easier for you? Like, you must be sacrificial. Your altar is empowered by the sacrifices you make. You know it's a sacrifice not to eat food for 40 days. Lunch. And you know, it's not a sacrifice everybody can do. I mean, there are people, they have heard us announce and announce and announce and announce. And they come and they say, yeah. They even say, we are fasting at church. Our church is in a 40 days of prayer and fasting. But them, they are eating. And really, you are only skipping lunch, but the sacrifice. It's a sacrifice. And so, let me give you at least three categories of sacrifices. Oh my gosh, we've run out of time. I wanted to give you three levels of sacrifice that you, can, you must make. But we have run out of time. If you're going to establish an altar, you must be sacrificial. This audio sermon has been brought to you by The City Church. We would love to hear from you. Please contact us on 0706-332-572 or 0776-579-679.